Welcome to Happy Hour at Bland. I'm Kaylee. And I'm Ashley. And we're back in the studio today. It's been months since we've been back here, but it feels so good. Mm -hmm. Feels great. All right. Well, don't worry, everyone. We are socially distanced. Yes. Although I have felt like I had to dress up a little bit today because our guest always dresses so cute. (laughs) I feel like she (laughs) sets a standard. And so I wanted to make sure I rose to that standard today. Yeah. Okay, so are you ready for our quote of the episode? So I'm all about learning new things. I love just finding a new topic that I don't know anything about and just diving right in. And that's really what today's topic is for me. I don't work on taxes, and so this will be a new area. So my quote is about learning something new. The beautiful thing about learning is that nobody can take it away from you. And that's from B.B. King. Oh, yeah. I love it. I think that's that a nice good. one. I, help, I feel like learning new things keeps your mind sharp and it keeps you young and just a lifelong student. So For sure. Yes. I'm, you know, you're never too old or too young to keep learning. So exactly. It's a gift that keeps on giving. That's right. All right. Well, this week we have returning guest tax manager, Danny Sensky, who is well-versed in our real estate niche at Plan. She's a boss babe at work, as well as an amazing mom in real life. Today, Danny is going to talk to us about qualified improvement property, or we might um, reference it as QIP. Mm-hmm. But first, we'd like to ask our guests a question. So today, Danny, not to put you on the spot. It's okay. <laughs> what do you do to get rid of stress or help you cope? Okay, so you asked me that question last time, and it's funny because I was Things thinking... changed. Okay, so <laughs> I, I wanted to make sure that I revisited that from last time because I was thinking our, our clients that maybe were in the health industry were probably cringing at the fact that I eat cookies to cope with stress. <laughs> so while Girl, Girl Scout cookies are still obviously something I gravitate towards, um, I have recently started taking up running. So <gasps> what? I know. Wow. Who am I? I know. That's I always, a total 180. I love it. I know. I always joked that I would never run unless somebody was chasing me. And so <laughs> now I actively go outside with my dog and we run. And it's, it started off as just a few days a week. It turned into multiple times. I even got running shoes. Oh, So while I still like cookies and sweets to cope with stress, I feel like this new endeavor, I guess, has been really great. I love it. That's awesome. Does Reagan ever try and go running with you? No. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure she would make it very far, to be honest. And we've done that before. We've done the whole, okay, are you sure you're going to make it all the way around the block? And Mm -hmm. then I'm stuck carrying a 35 pound (laughs) toddler. A half a mile back. Do you guys home. do family bike rides? No, but oh. I would love to. Okay, well, you just have a flat neighborhood, kind of. I think it would be. Oh yeah, no, we got our bikes down, and I okay. actually started riding my bike too. And that's one of those things where it's like it instantly takes you back to childhood. Mm-hmm. Oh man, it's like you're Is just it really like riding a bike. You just catch. Right yeah. Back on. Well, okay, so riding up the hill how when you were a kid you'd stand up on oh, your yeah. bike mm-hmm. yeah that's a little bit different, different when you're an adult <laughs> it's it's almost like okay you need to learn how to use the gears on this oh, bike yeah. so that you actually can pedal oh, up this hill oh. but I tell you what going down that hill and feeling the wind in your oh. hair coasting yeah yes. it's like oh I feel like I'm I'm a kid again so oh, what a good reminiscing yeah. activity what a good habit I think we got to get like Bland running club together. Kaylee, you and all these ideas, you gotta like what? simmer down. That what? video that you sent us, <laughs> oh my gosh, this eighties commercial Kaylee sent us. It was it had to been in Stay the Stay tuned. It's coming, everyone. <laughs> it's the cheesiest, most innocent 
commercial that some business put together. I think they, it was not a commercial. Maybe it was more for like staff training. Oh, so fun. And about maintaining a good attitude and that will increase sales. And it was. But to a tune, like everyone was singing yeah. every single one. Good or them. bad singers. You had to sing your line, which I would have been like the bad singer in there. It was almost like a rap. It was, yes, like from the 90s. It was just, uh, I I don't know. We had Chip Thompson on here, and I feel like I just need to get this video in his hands. And he'll run with, oh, for sure. We will be there. run for it. Yeah. All right. Well, Danny, can you tell us about QIP? Yes, yes. So QIP, Qualified Improvement Properties. So this is something that is going to be impactful for those of you or taxpayers, I guess I should say, that have commercial type of properties. So, you know, maybe you're in the retail setting, you're a property owner, maybe like restaurant, hotel, things of that sort. It's basically everything involving non-residential property. So with the CARES Act, they impacted some changes that impacted this portion of the tax code, the qualified improvement property. So I kind of have to take a step back to a couple years, talk about what it was and then what it is now so that our listeners can get a feel for why this is a big mm-hmm. deal. Good idea. So, you know, back in, even in 2015, that is when they first basically developed the, the language qualified improvement property as part of the PATH Act. So then, you know, it encompassed components of a building that were, non-structural basically it couldn't include elevators or escalator improvements but was basically everything else to a non-residential property Um, so then fast forward to the tax cuts and jobs act that you know our congress enacted they had taken the qualified improvement property a number of other asset classes the qualified leasehold improvement property qualified retail improvement property restaurant improvement property basically lumped everything together into qip But at the time, their intention was to take this asset class and say it is 15-year life, which would then open it up for bonus depreciation. Well, bonus meaning you can expense it in full. What happened is when they were drafting the changes, they basically forgot to do that. So it reverted to 39-year treatment and then made it ineligible for bonus depreciation. So you had these commercial building owners that would do, you know, improvements, non-structural improvements to their spaces. And now all of a sudden they're 39 year and they get no, they get no accelerated benefit as what the tax cuts and job acts had intended. So fast forward to 2020, they, you know, implemented the CARES Act, which included a number of changes mm-hmm. and they, I was really, really excited to see that they put this change in there because honestly, without the CARES Act, I wasn't sure if it was even going to happen. And so what they did is they said, okay, we're going to take qualified improvement property, put that 15 year life on it as if it had started from the, the start of the tax cuts and job act. So maybe, so now you have taxpayers that can go back to 2018, 2019 and make those changes for the improvements that they've done to their property. So in the end, it's a huge cash cash flow impact potentially mm-hmm. because you're now taking this this item that you would have to essentially expense over 39 years mm-hmm. to then say, okay, now I can expense this right then and there mm-hmm. and get that deduction. And then that coupled with, you know, a number of the other CARES Act changes, the, the net operating loss rules, which I'm not going to get into on this podcast, mm-hmm. you know, opens things up to be able to carry back losses even more, you know, so a number of favorable benefits. Mm -hmm. 
So qualified improvement property gets really technical really quick. You know, here I'm spitting mm-hmm. out terms like accelerated depreciation right. <laughs> and bonus depreciation and all of these words. And so, you know, it's it's just it, it, taking a step back and saying, okay, what is it? So it is basically items, improvements that you've done to your space. And it's almost easier to look at what it is not. So it's not structural. It's not elevators. It's not ex- uh, escalators, excuse me. You know, it's not an enlargement of a space, but basically most other items will likely fall under improvement property. Wow. Mm-hmm. So it's a pretty big deal, you know, especially mm-hmm. for your commercial real estate owners. You know, even if you own your own business and let's say you did improvements to your space, you know, let's mm-hmm. say you did them 2018 or 2019, what have you, you know, looking back and saying, okay, can I go and change that now and take those expenses? Just for the last five years, they can go back? Well, no. So, yeah. So I didn't mean to cause confusion by talking about that. That's related to the net operating loss changes. So with the QIP, so the changes really started with the Tax Cuts and Job Act. So basically, it would be improvements that you did to your space that qualify, the qualified Mm -hmm. improvement property, you know, in tax years 2018, 2019. So, you know, a lot of people were coming up on now an extension deadline to where, you know, it's a good time to sit and have that conversation with your your CPA and say, okay, did this apply to me? You know, do I need to potentially, you know, make some changes before I file by nine fifteen, mm-hmm. or do I need to now go back and potentially amend and do do some adjustments there? For sure. So you don't necessarily have to own the building. Can you be a tenant and your leasehold improvements qualify? Yeah. So depending on how your lease is structured with the landlord um, and who's responsible essentially for paying for those tenant improvements, definitely. And it's, you know, it's something where it's always good to seek professional advice because it can get complicated and breaking out improvements into their type of asset classes. And so it's sitting there and saying, okay, is this actually a structural component or is it not? Mm-hmm. And so there's a level of technicality there that really you should lean on the professionals for. Do you have a lot of clients that have done a lot of improvements just in 2020 that you see or is it all over the board? Oh, I mean, every tax year, uh, you know, the commercial, especially commercial building owners, they have tenants that come in and out each year. And so a lot of times mm-hmm. the leases are structured where they have okay. tenant improvement allowances and tenant improvements to that space. And yeah, so I mean, it's a constant a constant improvement that they're doing depending on the new tenant that might be coming in. Um, yeah. So, so seeing this and being able to go back um, and make the changes and take that expense as it was intended has been actually huge in some cases. I bet. Do you think the pandemic had anything to do with it? Like any rise in numbers because of the pandemic that they're doing these remodels or does that have nothing to do? with No, it? I don't think that has anything to do with it. It was more the pandemic got our government together mm-hmm. to make this change okay. that they okay. honestly should have done two years ago, in my opinion. Well, one but good thing <laughs> has come out of it. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, silver lining there. I mean, the fact that the change has been made and this, you know, full expensing is available to property owners and business owners. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. Yeah. It can be a huge deal from the bottom line, from a tax perspective, you know, so the cash flow went out, they made the improvements. Now they get the full expense to offset mm-hmm. that. Okay. In most cases, and this is a pretty general question, but in most cases, does the benefit of amending the return for this QIP um, exceed the cost that it might oh, absolutely. be most to cases. amend your return? Yeah. In most cases, you know, when you're dealing with improvement 
type of projects, a lot of times the cost is pretty high. Mm -hmm. Um, So absolutely, it's definitely, and it's analysis that I I did for our clients is, okay, what were the potential tax savings of if we make these changes? And and honestly, you almost, you have to make the changes because they did, they basically took the code and said that the the life of qualified improvement property is now 15 years. It's Mm -hmm. not like an optional type Mm -hmm. of situation. Um, so, I mean, and there's a number of things that you could do, you know, you could file amended, you could file what we call superseding tax return. And that's, you know, if you had an extension in place and you're before the extended due date, um, which is a little bit different. Um, there's a number of elections that you can do to catch up the deductions from past years into current years. So it gets pretty technical, Mm -hmm. but it's definitely, I I would hope that our listeners would take this as, oh, maybe my accountant didn't bring that up to me. You know, I should go and talk to them. I had this big improvement that I did in 2018 on my property, maybe this qualifies, mm-hmm. you know, and even people who are building construction, they, maybe they built a building, you know, mm-hmm. and then you might look at a cost segregation study, which there's a number of people that we work with a lot that do that. And, um, you know, that's essentially breaking it down the asset into smaller components and finding those ones that meet the rules to then take qualify for full expensing. Are our clients picking up on this change? Are they reaching out to you with questions? You know, I'm sure we've pushed out a lot of materials ourselves trying to make sure our clients know that this is out there. But I guess, you know, do you feel like our clients are aware of this or or people that you're talking to, maybe not clients necessarily, prospects, whoever that they're aware of this and, and what types of questions are you seeing? Yeah, so it's a mixed bag. So I feel that our larger, you know, our larger commercial real estate clients, they're aware because this kind of news, it was in their face constant. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe you're some of your smaller investors that maybe are just getting started. Maybe not so much. Um, I I feel like for the most part, people are very well informed just because the CARES Act was such a big change and a number of items affected taxpayers Mm -hmm. um, that, you know, it was kind of in their face constant. And so, you know, there are, were a few that had not heard of the change and didn't really understand, but quite a bit. Yeah, they were aware. Yeah, it's pretty technical. And so I feel like, you know, you could go down different avenues of talking about it, QIP and what, you know, what a cost segregation study Mm -hmm, and how it's impact. And so, you know, I'm just trying to break it down into more like a real life conversation. Mm -hmm. For sure. Just to bring it up for our clients or anyone listening to at least bring up to their tax, you know, accountant. Absolutely. To see if they qualify. Yeah. So really the first, the first thing is just having that conversation. Like, Hey, Mm -hmm. I heard about this qualified improvement property change you know, can we do an analysis of my financials, what I've done the last two years, does this impact me Mm -hmm. and go from there? That's a perfect start. Mm -hmm. And I think you mentioned this earlier, they can already have had a taxable loss for the year and this can just increase the loss, which can then be carried forward. Yeah. I mean, so there's a number of items that come into play there. um, But yeah, potentially. Definitely. So it is worth it. Absolutely. To go back. and Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where it's an additional deduction. You're now taking an asset that, you know, you were going to expense in smaller components over a really long time to then being able to deduct it at one year. Let's talk about some examples where let's say you are a small business owner. Maybe you own your building that, that you operate in. And let's say during that year you did a bathroom renovation. You, you know, you didn't really do anything structural, but you completely gutted the bathroom. Um, you did a, a high dollar amount of work. Maybe it was $50,000. It's a really mm-hmm. nice bathroom, yeah. <laughs> big building. I don't know. Um, and you did all these improvements and um, to even just like maybe the common area space outside mm-hmm. the bathroom, new flooring, what have you, that would be a time where you'd say, okay, maybe 
before that was treated as say like a building improvement. Maybe your account had depreciated on 39 year life. Mm -hmm. Well now it's, let's look back and say, okay, what really did we have done? Is this a qualified improvement property? Well, yeah, most likely it is. And now we can take that, you know, $50,000 deduction one time in that tax year. Mm -hmm. So 2019 is a good example. So let's say you did that for 2019 you filed an extension. Um, even if you had filed already and you filed that extension, you're now going to do superseded tax returns, we call it. Mm -hmm. And you make the quick change on the reporting, pick up the extra deduction and move forward. And mm -hmm. then, yeah, you'll have to amend your personal tax return as well, depending on the entity type and the flow through. Um, but then you're looking at money back. Yep. So there's that. Who doesn't want that? Right. right? <laughs> exactly. So, you know, and it's, it's one of those things where, like I said before, you know, I really wish the change would have been in place as intended a couple mm -hmm. years ago, but I'm happy that our government got together. They recognized that this needed to happen. They made it happen. And, you know, so now it's favorable deductions for a lot of our taxpayers. Mm -hmm. You know, I had one that I did um, recently, you know, within the last couple months, we did some amendments and, you know, it was over a million dollars of an extra wow. expense. Mm -hmm. So they actually had a cost segregation study done and, they were able to break out multiple components of the building asset. And they, you know, basically went from having a loss of maybe 80,000 to over a million dollars. Is there oh. a cap? No, as no. long as you're able to take the losses, um, with a lot of your pass-through entities and my own commercial properties, losses may be limited to basis and all of that. And that's mm -hmm. pretty technical. I don't want to talk about that today. Um, but assuming that all of that's in place and they're able to take the losses. So, Danny, one more thing for our listeners, just to make sure everyone yeah. fully understands what mm -hmm. we're talking about, is can you just give a high-level explanation of what depreciation is? Yeah, yeah. So I'm glad you asked that because, like I said before, and I keep saying this gets technical really quick. Mm -hmm. um, and so my accounting brain is... It's hard know, to turn it off. It's hard to turn it off. And I'm thinking... Oh, everybody already knows what all these things are, but, but they don't. So depreciation, um, I'm trying to think in simplest terms, it's where you have an asset. So even what's an asset. So let's just take this table. For example, mm -hmm. we're, we're, we're sitting next to this table. It could be an asset. Maybe it costs 10 grand. Somebody built it. I don't know. Um, so you have this asset that then the IRS has these rules in place and they say, okay, do you have to capitalize it? Which would mean that you would have to depreciate it or you can expense it. And so, you know, you have this asset that now you have to capitalize and so you're going to depreciate it. And so that is essentially taking the cost of that asset over its useful life. So in the example I used, you have a table. A table's useful life is seven years furniture fixture. Mm -hmm. So you take that and you basically take 10,000 divided by seven mm -hmm. and that's your expense for the next seven years. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yes. So when you have, you know, commercial properties that can get really complicated mm -hmm. really quickly because, you know, I use that example before with a cost segregation study. Now you're potentially looking at, you've got all these five, seven, 15 year asset classes that you have to break out depending on what the improvement or item was that was part of that improvement cost. And so then you're, yeah. So recircle back. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm talking on and on and on about this, but depreciation is basically expensing that item over its life. It's useful life as we call it. Are there set standards, like amounts of time? Like is furniture yeah. really seven years? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so computer equipment, stuff like that's five. Mm -hmm. And then you've got now like your, your qualified improvement property is 15. 
Um, it's coming together. For yeah. Me. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So I'm glad you asked that question. Yeah. So, you know, you have your structural components. You have, there's like, I mean, there are long, long lists of all the different components mm-hmm. when it comes to, you know, property and asset classes and vehicles. I mean, every, nice. and every industry, yeah. And every industry has kind of its own class use life. Okay. So yeah. Good to know. Yeah. And so what Danny is, if we go from 39 to 15, you're almost doubling the amount of expense. Yeah that one could recognize uh, during a tax year. And Absolutely. then that's only going to be more advantageous when it comes to. Yeah. The bottom line, you know, mm-hmm. you're now showing, you know, a tax loss because you're able to take all of this depreciation um, and have that extra cash flow that you're not paying in to the IRS. So mm-hmm. then one more question. So if I'm understanding this right, so mm-hmm. each year, is this QIP going to continue or is it just this year is, is a lot, or and next year it won't be, or no, could each year, could somebody claim question. this multiple times? Yeah, yeah, so depending, it goes through, I think it's 2023, um, that's how it's written right now, and so, you know, if you do improvements in 2020, yeah, the same, the same rules apply. do it apply. again. Yeah, yeah, I mean, as long as you're having, as long as you as a taxpayer, you made the improvements. Okay. You did the, you know, you maybe fixed up the space, or what have you. So, the, so our client we just talked about, this made up client did their bathroom. Yeah. So then they did those in 2019. Mm-hmm. Again, not going to file next year for 2020. They did some more improvements. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Same. each year you could just make that bathroom. Really as long nice. as you're, <laughs> well, I mean, with, with well, you have to pay the money okay. for the improvement. Well, I get it, but, but yeah, it's just with each year they can do it. So let's yeah. say then the next year they had to put a new roof on. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or, you know, HVAC system. Kitchen. Uh, yeah. Right. A kitchenette okay. in mm-hmm. a space. Cubes. That's a really good, yes. yeah. Offices. I get it. Okay. Yep. Yep. Okay. Cool. Good to know. Maybe they split up a space and they put like a non-structural component inside the space. I mean, something. Cool. There's all different avenues of how that how that could go. And this saves them money because on the back end, it minuses from the money that they spent. Kind of as it gives them. So it, I mean, so a lot of times if you look at it like from a cash flow perspective, so you shelled out fifty thousand dollars for this bathroom. Maybe you took out a loan, or maybe you just used cash out of the business. Well, before the change you're not getting just a straight in $50,000 deduction for mm-hmm. that cash flow. You're having to spread it out over X number of years. Oh, okay. So now it's saying effectively taking that cash flow in that tax year, you're getting the expense right then and there, and then it reduces your taxable income okay. rather than basically reducing your taxable income over the next 39 years. It's gotcha. all in that one tax year. And another, it's a favorable planning advantage too, is now that you know, we know that they made these changes as, as as it was intended when you have the conversations about, okay, what's 2020 looking like? Oh, hey, I was going to do this mm-hmm. improvement. Oh, point. Now I really should do that improvement because sure. maybe 2021, I'm not going to have as much income. Mm-hmm. I'm going to want that deduction right now. So, I mean, that's a whole nother conversation, but it's just, it, it's opened up more avenues to help with navigating sure. the tax impact. What a benefit for the clients. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah especially your small business owners, maybe they've made in your restaurants, for example, which I know are getting hurt mm, hard right. by COVID. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you have a number of restaurants that they just moved into that space and they did all this work and some improvements and, you know, th- that qualifies, assuming they all qualify under the QIP, you know, they potentially now can go back and change and get deductions and open up more cash flow for themselves mm-hmm. potentially. So it's really good to have the conversations with your team. You know, if you're, it's your tax advisor, you know, maybe you already work with somebody that does cost sex studies for you in the past, mm-hmm. you know, bringing it up, doing a study, quick analysis, seeing what the impact could be and, you know, going from there and making those changes. 
So Danny, thank you for coming on today. This was super informative. Yeah, yeah, it's very relevant, very timely. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to just continue to try and get the word out to yep. as many of our clients and people who listen to the podcast as we could. So thank you absolutely for coming on and answering all our questions. As we've stipulated before, when we do talk about these technical topics, the advice that we're giving or the information that we are sharing is, is general. And we would need to know your specific set of circumstances to help you and figure out what situation you have and what the best benefit or treatment will be. So if you do have any questions, please just contact our firm and we can put you in touch with Danny. Absolutely. Thank you, Danny, so much. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, for sure. We'll have you back another time. Can't wait. Okay. As always, folks, if you enjoyed the podcast today, please visit our website at www.blandcpa.com and leave us a note. We'd also be very grateful if you could rate and review the podcast on whichever app you use to listen to the podcast. So friends, with that, be informed, be inspired, and be awesome. Bye, Bye. guys. A Parkville Media Production.